This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. On Money Talks, we discuss money news and take your questions about personal finance. For 15 years, we've provided free financial information for Mississippians. I hope you can join me, Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, co-host of Money Talks, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. or anytime on our podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dying, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. We are glad you are with us this Monday morning, and uh, this is the end of 2023. It's our last show of the year, and today we welcome one of our great friends, Robert St. John, to the show. He is synonymous with great eating and great writing about food and keeping Mississippians fed. His charity Extra Table and many restaurants across the state, he is well known for serving Mississippi's culinary needs. Today he joins us to share about his food empire and his latest cookbook, Old Number 13, Mississippi Mornings. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Java is on top of it this morning. Well, as always. As always. I mean, it's easy with Christmas music. That's all I say. Yeah. It's so much to choose from. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Mal, I am great and getting greater by the minute because Robert St. John is here. Yes, he is. Good morning, Robert. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. Uh, you know, we've done it uh, over the phone several times, but I'm, I like being uh, in person and getting to see your lovely faces. Yes, live and in person. And yeah. Robert <clears throat> brought Christmas gifts, and so did I. Uh, well, th- there are gifts abound in, in the studio. Yes. There's a box, uh, Robert, a box of pastries here from your uh, your newest, is it your newest it's restaurant? Newest, yeah. yeah. A Loblolly Bakery in Hattiesburg. Right. Tell That's us right. briefly about what's in the box and about the bakery. Yeah, so in that box, uh, there's some boxing bags, actually, about uh, uh, some granola up. Uh, Donald Bender's uh, famous granola, very good. Um, so uh, you got croissants over there. They're ham and cheese croissants, uh, plain butter croissants, uh, morning glory muffins. Uh, the strudel, which is one of my favorites, Martha uh, Foos, who uh, is Donald's uh, wife. Martha and Donald are kind of heading up the bakery down there. Martha, the strudel is one of my favorite things uh, we do there. And that's a blueberry and uh, custard strudel in there. And a couple of muffins. And I think in the bags I brought uh, some hot chocolate mix and some Mary Virginia sweet rolls and ch- Martha's cheese straws, which are really good. Oh, mm. my goodness. Yeah. That is what I'm most excited yeah. about. Yeah. Jill says those are the, the cheese straws, the end all cheese straws. Well, she should know. Uh, she, yeah. she is so right. But yeah. not only is it delicious, the packaging, the logo, everything is it, it's just first class thank you thank you I mean, was, the muffins uh, are not are it, it's like going into a french patisserie yeah and bakery and seeing those type of muffins i don't know what java has in there but he looks oh he took happy. the ham and cheese <laughs> yeah, yeah the ham and cheese and he I'm, went savory. he had yeah. first choice because he's java you know i think the the, <laughs> the good thing uh we're doing at this bakery uh, what i'm one of the things I'm most proud of is it's things are just sweet enough. A lot of times in the South, uh, baked items and really pretty much everything if it has sugar in it gets overly sweetened. 
And, uh, you know, it just gets to be too much. And I love what we're doing at Loblolly. And things are really, as I call it, just sweet enough. So the, it's sweet there, but it's not, you know, uh, you know, make your teeth hurt sweet. Well, Mary Virginia's sweet rolls. Mm. Uh-huh. Are sweet. Yeah, they are definitely sweet. Are y'all sweet. selling those we in are. the shop? We are. So Mary Virginia McKenzie, uh, anybody who's read any of my stuff over the last 25 years probably knows this, but Mary Virginia McKenzie, a great lady who uh, I grew up across the street from her, and she made sweet rolls every Saturday. I'm talking about dozens and dozens, and would just give them to people uh, you know, in the neighborhood and, and people in town, and so for... Fifty some odd years, I ate those uh, sweet rolls, and um, and she does. She still lives in the same house, but she doesn't bake anymore. But uh, we, but you're doing it for her. We like to honor her, and uh, so we keep making those. We we didn't want Hattiesburg to go without those uh, sweet rolls they've loved for all these years. So we uh, we do large ones in the bakery, and then we do tens of them. Um, <clears throat> for sale, and then you know I give some to friends at Christmas, like she used to do. Right. Well, I love the love the story, and Robert. Uh, since I've known you since you were a small child, I can just imagine you going over there on Saturday mornings, finding mm-hmm. a reason, That's finding right. a reason, That's Mom. Right. I need to take this, take something. Oh, that wasn't there. only as a small child. I did that in my fifties. <laughs> I would go over. Um, uh, you need anything uh, done yeah. here over here, Mary Virginia? You know, oh, come in, Robert. I've just made sweet rolls. Really? <laughs> wow. Oh, have hey. some. No, no, I couldn't do that. You know, th- talking about Hattiesburg things uh, that are carried on. The old Salavi Bakery is. This is sort of your homage to that, right? I loved that place. Uh, so directly across uh, from most of my restaurant, my, my restaurants are kind of clustered in Midtown Hattiesburg, and uh, my restaurant and offices are right there on Hardy Street. And across the street, uh, it was, I think it was about a hundred and. 13 steps from my <laughs> office. I knew the, I knew the distance. Um, a French man named Janusz uh, came to town, uh, I guess it may be, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago now or so. Because maybe his more. daughters were playing tennis at yeah, USC? Yeah. His daughter uh, was dating the tennis pro. And she was the assistant tennis pro at the club there. And so he moved. He was a pastry chef, had gone from France to Canada, from Canada to Florida, and then came here to Hattiesburg and opened up a, a, a teeny little bakery with hardly any uh, good equipment that you would typically use and just put out great pastries. Man. And he was there for 10 years. Um, he closed because he hadn't been home to France in 20-some-odd in years, flew home to France. When he came back after an extended visit, um, he discovered he had cancer right. and uh, fought that battle for several months and um, just, you know, unfortunately lost that battle. But Hattiesburg was really without a a French bakery or French-inspired bakery for a long time, and it's something I wanted to do for six years. Is, is well, you're a breakfast a man. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So um, that's, um, that's just – one of the defining things really in my life that I have never, I, you can tell, you can sit there and look at me, I've never missed breakfast. But, you know, I love it. I'm, uh, wherever I am in the world, I always have breakfast. So, um, I, yeah, now we have two breakfast places in Hattiesburg. So we have the Midtowner, which is uh, breakfast, lunch, joint. 
And then we have the bakery now. So, you know, wow. I'm so a happy man. I have to bounce with you. <laughs> yeah, big decisions to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we're you taking make pastries it. For the yeah, we're, we're taking it slowly. We're we're uh, so when we open, I think we're about four months old now. Love Lily is. Uh, I wanted us to get the pastries right first, uh, and just let's take care of the pastry case and some stuff on the table, cookies and brownies and things like that. Then we can move into pies and cakes, and then once we're doing pies and cakes, then we're going to start making French bread for Crescent City Grill for the Po Boys. We'll make pies and cheesecakes and things. Uh, we'll make hamburger buns for Ed's Burger Joint. And then we'll make loaf breads for wheat toast and regular toast for Midtowner. So that's coming, but uh, we got to get through king cake season, which is mm. on its way. Monstrous, yes. Yeah, it's, it's big in Hattiesburg. It really is. Yeah. Do you so, remember when uh, Robert was the king? Oh, yeah, we, we, we yeah, joined we in the festivities. Y'all, y'all came down and... Uh, king of Mardi Gras. King of Z- the mystic crew of Zeus in Hattiesburg. Okay. And Carol, fun. he's also going to be the king of uh, the Walter Anderson Museum of Arts Mardi Gras uh, parade entry coming in January. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Once that was fun. He's going to be our... He's going to be... Always a king. Our, I mean, you don't give up It's kind of king? captain. Okay, captain. Captain, captain of the crew. Well, let's call it captain. king. Yeah. No, no, I want to be a captain. And you've been Grand Marshal of Howe's St. Patty's I'll tell you that. And this is, and I'm not saying this because of present company, but I've gotten a lot of awards and honors, you know, over my career because I've been in it long enough or whatever. But being asked to be the Grand Marshal of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, it ranks way, way up there. That (laughs) was a blast. I had, had, we had so much fun. I think I had the largest float that's ever been in the parade. No doubt. We're using that same vehicle. In Ocean Springs. Yeah, that's Springs. right. That's right. We're using that same flow. Yeah. yeah. Redecorating. Yeah. Crew of de, crew. Crew de canoe. De canoe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you have your outfit yet? I don't. I haven't put out mine together. Yeah, yet. I need to. Uh, I've got several. Because you could come I was, as Jimmy uh, Buffett. You know, I've, I didn't know if I needed to Mardi Gras it up and do, you know, the Feathers captain's and, outfit and all yeah. that. Because I have one of those from uh, my Hattiesburg Do you have the king days. outfit? I, I the have, robe and no, but I have when I was a captain in the cruise okay. down there for a long time, and it's pretty, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty velvety. Yeah, it's, it's velvety and glittery yeah. and all that kind of thing. Mardi Gras, it looked like a kind of a, a swashbuckling uh, three musketeer. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, aquatic theme would be yeah. appropriate since we're well, the cruise. There you go. So, are, oh. have you been planning the king cakes for Loblolly? I mean, are you? Do you have a different? You know, take on it, or what is going to make it a Loblolly Bakery King Cake? So, uh, first and foremost, uh, it's going to be just sweet enough. You know, and that's another thing where King Cakes get really, really sweet. Um, last year, I went on a uh, discovery mission. And, and I would call it a binge. Yeah, it was a binge. <laughs> I ate 34 King Cakes uh, <laughs> in one day. And, and uh, lived to tell it. I did. I did. And uh, never, I, I don't have diabetes yet. Mm. But yeah, so I took all of uh, the great things I learned on that little New Orleans expedition there. And uh, we're going to make uh, Donald and Martha will be uh, heading up the King Cake production and we'll use brioche and it won't be too sweet. And uh, we'll use Dong Fong as kind of gold standard mm-hmm. and, and we'll get close as we can to that. And and ramp up production and, and make as many as we can. So. Robert, tell our listeners about Dong Fong. So it's a Vietnamese bakery um, in New Orleans on Chef Mentor Highway. 
and uh, they won a James Beard Award. Um, and, and you think a king cake's a king cake's a king cake. But, you know, theirs is, I mean, it truly stands out. There, There's, you know, if you rank the top ten, the number one is so far from number two. And, and the number two through ten are, are all good. But, you know, there's something about um, the bread. It's soft. Um, it's a little sweet. It's a little buttery. Uh, there's not too much icing on top. You know, a lot of times it's just, it's all icing. Mm-hmm. You know, on a lot of these king cakes, it's icing and food color. And they do it right. And they make, I knew the numbers last year of how many they make, but they make so many that as soon as king cake season starts, they've already sold out. Like, you can't get one. You have to go in New Orleans. They'll, there are a lot of little Vietnamese bakeries and little corner shops, and people know where those are. Where the dong pong. And yeah. you go. And I did this three times last year, and I go stand in line at like an hour before the shop opens, and, and there was other people in line, and everybody's happy. And, you know, it's, you go in, and they limit you to like two because they only got <clears> 30, <throat> you know, and there are 20 people in line or whatever. But this um, is a, a relatively different. recent phenomenon because prior to the Vietnamese arriving on mm-hmm. the coast and in New Orleans, mm-hmm. the king cake kings of the baking kings of king cakes were French or the other bakeries. In, yeah, yeah. Those, and you're saying these cats came in and just leapfrogged over all the rest. A hundred percent. I mean, it's and I, I would imagine the other bakeries would would probably tell you, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> well, it's and just it another great example of people bringing their their culture yeah. and their know how and putting a new spin. On totally, it. totally agree with that. So we'll we'll do our version and uh, put a put a spin on that and try to keep up with the demand as best we can. And uh, we've got about a month before we have to start worrying about that. Though. Wow. Okay, Malcolm, you're in charge of the king cake this year for deep self dining. Oh. Call me back. I'll bring one up. All right. Well, you kind of, you work that road. I do. Yes. Yeah. 49 South. (laughs) Between, I can pick up uh, WSM between uh, the. the, Collins and Seminary. The Bowie River and uh, Red Creek. Is is it Red Creek or Black 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 Creek? Anyway, I enjoy that drive. We are delighted today to have our. Great friend and very special guest, Robert St. John, in the studio. He's an old radio man, so this is very oh, familiar territory. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so before I got into the restaurant business, I was in radio. You know, I, I grew up with a single mom who was a public school art teacher, and, you know, we had no money, so I had to start. I started working at 12 mowing yards and stuff, but at 15, I had my first uh, tax-paying job. And I uh, was a disc jockey at a radio station, worked 40 hours a week all through high school and loved it. I mean, I still look back. That was a long time ago in the late 70s is as, as some of, of the best days. Of my, I loved it. I mean, I truly <laughs> loved it. So anytime I get back in a studio, ours looked nothing like this. This is very lush yes. compared to uh, the broadcast room at WHSY AM and FM in Hattiesburg. Well, that was such a great era for music, no. and I'm wondering, what did you play on your radio station? So let me tell you. So I started out, and this was uh, 77 when I first started, and, and I started on the AM, and we were top 40 AM, and the FM was a beautiful music format that was automated. Mm. And so 
we had this 100,000-watt FM with nothing on it, but, you know, I would at night, if, you, if, I, if, I, if I put my clock radio just right and put the little antenna up just right, I could hear WZZQ up here in Jackson, oh. which, which I loved and had listened to all throughout the 70s. And uh, so the DJs that I worked with, I mean, we idolized ZZQ, people like Perez and Sebastian and those guys. Sergio. Sergio, for sure, man. And we had heard up there, they have groupies. Right. They even have groupies, you know. And so we... We we started working on the the GM at the station. Said, "Man, let us program this." I mean, they were playing like Ferrani and Teicher. It was like elevator music with a hundred thousand watt big stick FM, and it took about six months. And uh, we we talked them into it. And this too, still one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. We brought rock and roll radio to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, for the first time. Uh, I programmed all because at first we just had to do automated stuff on reel to reel. They wouldn't even get, budget anybody because they thought there's no money in it. All the money's in AM. They were just bonus in the FM. Mm-hmm. And we put that thing on the air. And within six months, the book came out and we were number one in the market with automation. Man, and the automation was so crude. It would be, and for those of you not in radio, dead air is like the cardinal sin. Of radio, especially at, back then, you know, you filled every minute with something, and that that old automated computer thing would just stop. <laughs> but but people in Hattiesburg wanted rock and roll music so bad. I'd get a call. I'd be in there on the AM at night. I did seven to midnight, and uh, they called to go, "Hey man, the FM's off again." You know, nobody was upset about go it. In, go in and restart the reel. Yeah, would you go in and hit the button, man? <laughs> And so they would have had five minutes of dead air, and I'd, go, I'd walk down the hallway and hit the button, and they get it again. And so, it's a very cool thing. So, anytime I get back into a radio station, I love. It. And now it's I am the morning DJ on W-O-L-D-D-D-D. Yeah, Harry Chafin. Harry Chafin. It's a period piece, Java. A period piece. You're too young. So, Carol, you brought uh, bags of things this morning. Well, what on earth? Well, I mean, after Robert's contributions and gifts, mine are very, very lowly. But I started you and Java a couple of years ago on food Christmas ornaments. So uh, this yes. year I have for you and Java and Robert. Oh my goodness! A spam Christmas I, ornament. I came on the right day. There you do. Oh, yes. look at that. Yes. Ah, awesome. Java. Uh, Java got the best one last. He he got a mac and cheese yes, Christmas Christmas oh. ornament because it it's his favorite. But then, Robert, I'm not sure if you know that that Java is now in the corner office. No, down here. big time. You got yeah. windows, Java. I do have. I a don't few have windows, windows man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and uh, he is a. <laughs> Budding executive, we're very proud of him, and so he's for, the director of radio. Congratulations! Yeah. Oh yeah, thank yeah. you. Well earned, well earned. <laughs> and so for Java, for the perfect gift for the executive office, I have a spam wall clock. Oh, I you. see the spam wall. Now, yeah, and it's going to, I mean, to remind you of, of Deep South oh. Dining, and we go, you know, we go from spam to to French pastries yeah. here. You'll never be late again. We got no, that's going on. That's going on the wall. Yeah, and spam and, it, and it works. And just you know, one more spam fact: I was at a party the other night, and Carla Wall, one of our listeners and a friend, 
reported out that she had been to a very fine restaurant in Bristol, Virginia. It is called Hickory. Uh, the chef is Travis Milton, and they serve whipped Spam mm. with nori yuzu, miso pickles, hot sauce, and a fried saltine. Mm. She said it was delicious. Well, I like the fried whipped, saltine part. She said the fried saltines were Absolutely. Yeah. I guess that's Amazing. a cousin to the uh, baked saltines yeah. with the uh, Italian dressing or yeah, whatever. Yeah, those a, are good. I had a fried saltine at Miss River uh, about last week sometime, and it was really, really good. And I asked the guy, so how'd y'all do it? We stuck it in the fryer. Drop it I mean, the they're really fryer. just deep fried. I, I have a spam story, by the way. Oh. I, ha- I have a letter somewhere in my desk. From the CEO of uh, Hor- is it Hormel, I guess that yeah Hormel Foods. I wrote back when I really first started writing. I wrote kind of just silly, you know, stuff. And I wrote about uh, they spam had had made some kind of something called Spurky, hmm. and it was spam turkey, and they they were wanting to sell <laughs> it sorry. for for Thanksgiving, and uh, so it was an easy target. And I wrote about that. Kind of in a joking manner and a little bit making fun of spam, but I got a letter from the CEO in a, in a box, and he sent me some spam uh, snow globes ah. and, a, and a couple of magnets and I think a hat or something. So this is my second time to receive spam gift, and it's a Christmas ornament, and it, it's going on my tree as soon as. Well, I get if back you home. return Thank to you. the well, studio with us, I will, may bring you a spam floss water. Oh, nice! But you know, at, at our house, and this is you know one of my problems with being married to John Palmer is we go from last Friday he wanted a fried spam sandwich, right, and then on Saturday he wanted a Moroccan stew, and yeah, he he just. Really makes me crazy. Well, John's going getting from taken one to care the other, of you know? over there, man. Malcolm, you and I need to figure out how yeah. how to how to work that. Right. Out. <laughs> we eat what is served, yeah. right? <laughs> we go to my restaurants <laughs> mainly. It's what we do at my that's, house. That's what my friends. Let's tell go to me. one. Let's say, go to why, one of yours. Why do you do Honey, that? pick a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there are not that many out in Edwards. No, there sure. Except we do have not. one of the best soul food restaurants in Mississippi, oh, right man. in Edwards. You do? Lee's Heavenly barbecue and sulfur. I'm in. I'm in. I'm come see you. So uh, speaking of home cooking, my wife made a fabulous pot of chipino last night or mm-hmm. bouillabaisse, depending on, you know, what uh, nationality you want represented there. But, you know, it's it's a, a seafood stew uh, that contains fennel, garlic, tomatoes. We use great tomatoes from last summer from David Patterson's yard. And we, we added lobster, halibut, shrimp, uh, and, and, man, it was fantastic, just fantastic. We had a hint of last summer and then all this fresh seafood as well. Are you a big seafood stew man, Robert? Oh, I love. Uh, so I have a story about that, actually. Uh, when I first – so I had no no formal training as a chef. Uh, we fired our chef opening night at the Purple Parrot, my first restaurant, which forced me back into the kitchen, which ended up being a blessing – but I knew nothing, really. I had, I had cooked with an easy-bake oven uh, <laughs> before when I was six, and I got that for Christmas. But um, And so I really knew nothing. I didn't know how to pronounce anything either. But I saw a great recipe in some trade publication from um, Tadich Grill in San Francisco, uh, which is a 100-year-old restaurant, and they're known for their chipino. 
And so I kind of put my own twist on that and made it. But I had no idea how to pronounce it. And uh, I was early. I was 26 or something. And so I called it Siapano. I love it. And, and our servers, who also didn't know how to pronounce it, they, they called it Siapano as well. And, and so we went out to the table uh, selling this. It tasted great, Siapano. And I think finally, um, you know, oh, actually, I also said um, – you know, with age, you can tell these stories. I was embarrassed to tell this for a long time. Actually, it's in a book. But um, I, I told the servers, it's Siapano, comes from San Francisco, but it's like, it's, it tastes a lot like Bulabasi. <laughs> yeah. And so they were all saying that. And finally, uh, actually, a lady named Camille, who's the was the tennis pro down there, pulled me aside and said, Robert, it's Chipino. And it's bouillon base. Right, right. So, it is But it's really good. If you go to my website, robertsaintjohn.com, type in Chipino, there's a really, it's that it, recipe. That, it's okay. really good. Do you use fennel? It's really, really, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's sort of uh, credited to San Francisco for making it popular mm. with the Italian immigrants, but it was long served on the coast of Italy and France as bouillabaisse or cioppino. We love it. Perfect, we, we order we it everywhere we weather. go. Perfect yeah. weather right now for that. We love it. Well, at my house this weekend, I served some things from Robert St. John's new cookbook. Oh, did you know? Yes, and Malcolm, thank you for delivering my cookbook. Absolutely. It's a long way from Edwards to the to Lemuria. store. Yes, yeah. yes. But, and, but I ran the middle. Yeah, yeah, you did it. And I had my nieces and nephews, I had 17 Puckett family members yesterday for brunch. Wow. wow. And she I, had 27 or 31, 31 for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? Yeah. 27 invited, 31. Wow. Spent the oh, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four, four popped in. <laughs> Just to four. see what condition yeah. the condition is. Yeah. Next, year, next year, I'm going to be a pop-in at that. But Robert, you know, I, that. Love, I love cheese grits. I make cheese grits all the time. Uh-huh. But you know, getting this book and reading it Friday, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to make Robert's garlic cheese grits. And... These are on page 158. And, Robert, I immediately read and knew what you were doing. You were recreating the old role of Kraft That's garlic it. cheese. Yes. And nobody can find anymore. Yeah, well, right. they, do, they don't make it. The recipe first came out in, uh, in River Road in the 50s. It was one of the first community cookbooks. Right. And it is just terrible that they don't make the garlic cheese. Yeah. But when I saw the recipe, I said, that is what he's doing. You, you've got a good eye, Carol. I know. And I, I went for the bacon fat. I did not do <laughs> unsalted butter. Did the minced gar? I did it just like just like you right. said it. And I made it the day before. Right. And, you know, I tasted it all along the way. But, but let me tell you, it tastes like. The old garlic cheese grits. You know, and really, if you want to, and I I didn't do it for this book, but this book uses sharp cheddar and smoked gouda. But if you really substitute it, and it's not cheese, it's Velveeta. But I think that's, I think it was processed cheese that was in that garlic. It was, it was cheese. But if you really want to get that authentic, I think, I think it's better this way. But if you really, really miss that other stuff, I think one of my books, maybe it's Deep South Staples that you actually did the forward to, has a version of the of the jalapeno cheese or whatever that garlic cheese roll thing, that craft 
that we used to get when when we were kids. Okay, we are talking at the moment about Robert's new book entitled Mississippi Mornings. It's only been out for a month or so, and yeah, you've been traveling month, the maybe. state yeah. uh, and uh, getting it out there. But uh, we're going to we got a couple of callers. Java, uh, we're going to go to Oxford first, or we're going to go to Terry. Uh, let's go to Terry, Jackie. Jackie. Hello, Jackie. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I just wanted to comment that I, too, cooked from your cookbook last night and this morning. I made the cinnamon rolls with raisins. Right. And the cream cheese icing and uh, air to die for. Oh, that's so good to hear. Thanks. I'm going to tell you, nothing makes a cookbook author more proud than to hear that somebody's actually cooking. My editor in New York one time told me... Um, only about 90 to 95% of the people just read about if you can get 5 or 10% to cook out of the book. Because most of them, read, which I do, yeah. I read cookbooks yeah. like novels. But uh, thank you for cooking out because that's my desire is that people get it dog eared and stained and, and, and cook those recipes. Well, um, you know, I have all your other ones the uh, Southern Palette and. Mississippi's, uh, you know, just the four or five uh, Southern Caesars. There's 12 of them. Yeah, well, I don't have all of them. I did, that was Malcolm that said that. I would never say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, we just carry on, Jackie. I Jack. have a few of them. And I, look, I, like I said, I rushed to the Muriel Saturday morning, and I thought I would catch you there, but I at least grabbed a signed copy. Well, I hate I missed you, but thank you so much for cooking out of there. And, um and out of the books, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, the pancakes, if you haven't made the pancakes that are in this book. Muzzies. Yeah, mu- uh, yeah Muzzies pancakes. They, they I are. I'll get there. Yeah, they're the best, I'm going to tell you. Okay. My grandma, you think pancakes are pancakes, and, and there's not really any difference, and they're real bread-like, and it's just a vessel for the syrup and blah, blah, blah. There's a, there's a depth to the flavor profile in that recipe. It's my grandmother's. I wish she knew how many people were making her pancake recipe today she'd be so proud well i've made cinnamon rolls before i think maybe the key to these was the buttermilk yeah yeah good call if i am not a you know i'm not a professional but that buttermilk makes a difference very perceptive thank you and and, in term thank you so much uh jackie for listening and for taking a moment to uh, give us a call on your uh muzzy's pancakes you said that they're the most downloaded recipe of all of Oh, all of your recipes. It's not even close. I think maybe baked shrimp and squash is pretty far behind that. But, it's, I mean, that's that's a busy one, too. But, yeah, her and people come to me all the time. And, and a lot of times what I love, it's dads who, who typically don't cook. And that's kind of that's kind of become their dad breakfast mm. on Saturday morning as they cook uh, Muzz's pancakes. Uh, and, yeah, so they're in there, and they're they're really, really good. A couple of keys to to making those, and whether you make your own pancakes or not, obviously you don't overmix. Right. And um, <clears throat> I like to melt butter ahead of time. And as soon as I flip the pancake, I go ahead and brush melted butter on then. Hmm. And and then you stack them, and then you don't have to worry about you know cold butter or whatever you know tearing up the pancakes and all right, that. Right, but right, it's already right. buttered. And I use salted butter. Yeah. And I actually add things like it's crazy. Um, just buttered toast with with jam. I put a little salt on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I too. And uh, my pancakes. I yeah. put a little salt. Well, it's a waffle French toast. I put a little. That it, it's you know salt is just a flavor enhancer. And if you put just a touch, 
Not much, but it, it makes such a big difference. People never believe me when I'm sitting there doing things. What are you doing? You're putting salt on your pizza? Yeah, yeah, just put a little, try me. They always do, and they always love it. a good salt, a salt that doesn't have a metallic taste, a sea salt. yeah. Or another type. Robert, I was interested on the pancake recipe that, mm-hmm. that you use an electric griddle. Yeah, I, have, I do. I hadn't done that since mm-hmm. uh, it's my just mother easier. was raising I, six children. So at, at our lake house, I bought one of those Blackstones. Everybody was talking about the Blackstone, the Blackstone, the Blackstone. And I was like, man, I'm not going to cook my steaks on a flat top. You know, I, I like flame hitting, hitting my beef and, and all of that. But, I, you know, I cook them on, on that griddle. And that's gas filed, or just one of those kind of countertop for the kids and everything. And at home, I've got a, a Viking range that's got a, a, a griddle, mm-hmm. in, griddle the in the middle. middle yeah. yeah, yeah, a griddle in the middle. <laughs> now maybe that's the next cookbook yep. after the Christmas one. Now, and, on at the, the restaurant the at the Midtowner, do y'all serve them? You cook them on the flat top? Yeah, yeah, it's a big flat top yeah, yeah. griddle. But we don't do my grandmother's pancakes there. Oh, you her, don't? Okay. No, her. Uh, our, and there's a big debate in my family whether the Midtowner pancakes are better or, or Muzz's pancakes. But um, they're too delicate, really. Her, my grandmother's recipe, they're very delicate. They don't, they don't really puff up a lot. And it, it wouldn't be – they're not sturdy enough to do high volume. I got you. But, you know, if you're making a couple of dozen for a bunch of friends or, or six or eight, then, mm-hmm. you know, it works well. All right, we're going to go to Oxford now. Our great buddy Chico Harris is on the phone. Good morning, Chico. What it is? Good morning. I'm, I'm leaving Big Star in Oxford with my second Big Star breakfast of the day. <laughs> I, you know, uh, it, I, the kids call this place Larson's Cash Saver. But uh, it used to be Big Star, and those right. of us oh. old enough to remember when the Beatles were a touring band still call it Big Star. Right. Of course. We had a couple of big stars in Hattiesburg. They're not, oh, sure. you know, one of my, we had them in Boonville. One, yeah. one of my favorite things about Hattiesburg is that's a town where you can still see the old outside gasoline stations and convenience stores, the old plastic Mark's Root Beer signs. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. I didn't notice that, but I will. You didn't get those in North Mississippi. Right. And, uh, but I'm calling because Mr. St. John is on this morning. I want to tell you, I'm a big fan. I've enjoyed reading your column in the Tupelo Daily Journal for years. Um, you're, so you remind me of Barry Hannah and Larry Brown that at oh. Christmas time, your new cookbook makes giving gifts easy. <laughs> but uh, I want to tell you, um, come up here sometime and have breakfast with me at Big Star. Well, look. At 6 a.m., they open the place up, and there's a line of us waiting to get in there. And it's just a fabulous what people would call a southern greasy breakfast. And then at 9.30, they bring out the submarine sandwiches, and that's what I just got. They make those every day with three colors of bell peppers on them, plus the great meats and lettuce and tomato and everything. And I wish you'd come see us. Chico, I, I'm in. Twist my arm. You don't even have to twist my arm. I'm, I'm in for breakfast. I get up early, 4 or 5 in the morning, so 6 a.m. is no big deal to me. And I am always open to, you know, the column that you're talking about writing the most – you know, I'd say 25% of the material I've done over the years are, are things that have been recommended to me, like uh, you just did. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Well, good morning, America. Welcome to Deep South Dining, right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. What a lovely day, lovely music. Java's yeah. just doing a great job back there, As picking always. music. 
That's and having nice. Robert here. That's yeah. a Christmas gift to both of us. Indeed it is. And he's unwrapped. <laughs> you guys got to aim higher for gifts, man. You set your sights too low. All right, uh, Carol, we were chatting uh, off air about Robert's son, Harrison, and how proud we are of, of his career. Not that we're not uh, proud of both children, <laughs> but we, because he's, he's in we culinary love school. Too, we yeah. love Holloman. But uh, Harrison's off at, at culinary school, so that's a, a cool thing. Yeah, talk, talk to us about uh, Harrison and his path and what he's thinking. So Harrison uh, is the youngest. I have two. Holloman, my daughter, is uh, 26. She's an interior designer in Hattiesburg. And then Harrison's 22. He came to me when he was about 14 and said he wanted to get in the restaurant business. And I just kind of I said, OK, but it really down deep, I thought, you know, this is a passing fad. And restaurant business is uh, too brutal. You know, if, you, if you're not really serious and passionate about it. And so that went on for a couple of years. And finally, after a couple of years of, of him talking about it, I said, OK, if this is he was about 16, I guess. I said, if you really want to do this, then this is what we're going to need. And you want to come back and work for me or with me. Uh, this is what you're going to do. And so I set out a path. It was an eight, it's an eight year plan. Uh, he's about five years into the eight-year plan right now. I said, you're gonna, you got you to gotta go to college. you got to get a degree in business with a minor in accounting. Then you're going to go to culinary school. Uh, you got to go to the CIA, and you got to go to the campus in Hyde Park. That's two years. And then you got to get out and work for other people for two years. Uh, and then, and only then, you can come back to one of the restaurants, but you're going to start at the bottom. Doesn't matter what your title was. Doesn't matter what your education was. You know, you're going to come in. You start at the bottom, and the degree to which you rise through the ranks, if you do rise through the ranks, is going to be 100 percent dependent on you. It's not going to have anything to do with me or who I am or my name or the business and that kind of thing. Well, he's all in, you know. And so, started at Mississippi State, and um, and he's been at the CIA for a little over a year. He's about to start his. He just uh, came in town yesterday. Drove home from New York. And he's about to do his externship in Emeralds. So he'll go down and live in our apartment down there uh, through the spring. And then he'll do summer and fall and graduate at the CIA. And then he's going to Chicago to work uh, for a friend of mine up there at the Boca Restaurant Group. They just got voted one of the top ten restaurant groups in the country. So that'll be great experience. And Kevin Bame, who's one of the owners there, they're going to put him in a 12, 12 by 12 program. So he'll work 12 positions in 12 different restaurants. Uh, over the course of a, the first year, and then he'll go into management the next year. So he'll he'll have a lay. He's really what that is. I mean, that's it's eight years. It sounds kind of brutal, but it's actually what I wish I would have done. All I right. did it all backwards. If I had it to do over again, that's exactly what I would do. And he's all in. He's loving it. You left out the two years of community college learning refrigeration and uh, air conditioning, <laughs> heating, yeah. Yeah. roof repairs. Definitely. You know what, Harrison? Your program just became a ten-year program. <laughs> You can thank Malcolm for that. You got it. You got that it. That is so needed. You are absolutely right. That's spoken, where all your time and energy yeah, goes. Spoken uh, by a man with a lot of experience in that area. <laughs> with refrigeration. Yeah. But, uh, Heating uh, and Another air. thing about uh, Harrison's education is that you and Jill have given your kids an amazing education, taking them on trips around the world. I remember... When they were young, you took them out of school and did a family, yeah. what was it, six months? Or? Yeah, yeah. 2011, we did, they were uh, 10 and 14 at the time, and we flew to Sweden uh, and bought a Volvo. 
and spent the next six months in 72 cities in 17 countries on two continents. The Robert St. John yeah. plan. One of, one the, of, the, one of, of the best touring. things. One of the best things I'll ever do is maybe the defining, you know, parental move yeah. that I would ever make uh, was that, it, and especially hit him. He he developed a huge case of wanderlust. Uh, in that and loves I, I pulled a, uh, I caught an audible in his eight year plan because COVID you know kind of wrecked his college career and and uh, he's still got to get the four year degree which he'll get at the CIA but I pulled him out and we sent him to Florence and at 20 years old he, he moved to Florence Italy lived by himself for six months and worked for a friend of mine uh, in Tavernelli he took the bus you know 45 minutes every day and it was a it was a really really good experience for him so, Robert, you're you're known for your restaurants. You've got the Loblolly Bakery, Ed's Burger Joint, Crescent City Grill, Tabella, and Enzo's. You're mm-hmm. also deeply involved in your touring, which you, you just touched on a bit. You, you mm-hmm. take groups to Europe yeah. all the time yeah. throughout the year. Uh, but also, there's a couple other things. Extra Table, your nonprofit. I want you to talk to us a little bit about okay. that. And the newest of all is the Institute for Southern Storytelling at Mississippi College. Thank you. You got that name right. Malcolm and I have a have a, have a joke. Nobody ever gets that name right. It's a, so yeah. So thank you for bringing that up, Malcolm. Extra Table um, is a nonprofit that I founded in two thousand nine. Um, I founded it on two uh, principles that we we planted our flag on and 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 have stuck by till uh, we'll always stick by. Number one, a hundred percent of the money we raise for food goes to purchase food. We don't use any of the food money for anything else other than buying food, and we buy food below wholesale. We ship it to uh, food agencies across the state. We're partnered with 62 agencies. And uh, the other thing is it's going to be healthy food. So Mississippi, uh, unfortunately, is number one in food insecurity. Uh, We're a relatively small state, 2.9 million citizens. Out of that 2.9 million citizens, 670,000 are food insecure. Over 200,000 are kids who eat a school breakfast and a school lunch and then don't eat again until the next day. Over 125,000 are seniors who right now trying to figure out, can I go to the drugstore or the grocery store, or can I, you know, can I, I can't make ends meet. Right. So it's a real thing. Uh, this year, uh, it's run by a lady named uh, Martha Allen, who's the executive director. And this year, we will serve over 6 million meals in Mississippi uh, at 62 agencies across the state, uh, and, and the agencies will pay nothing. So we go out. It's a very simple uh, process. We raise money. We use that money to purchase food, healthy food, uh, wholesale and in bulk, and then we ship it to those agencies at no charge to them. So, um, And how can people help here at the holidays? Oh, that'd be great. Extratable.org. And especially if your accountant's telling you you need to, you know, donate some money somewhere, it's a 501c3. It's totally tax deductible. And you will have a clear – I say Extra Table is the most efficient, effective profit in – a nonprofit in the uh, state of Mississippi because, I mean, it's run by a, a staff of three for a statewide charity. And um, and 100 percent of the money you donate will go to purchase food. And, and it's, um, it's, a, it's a great thing, and it's something that – you know, I got to a point in my career. It's like, do I want to be the guy that – fed people filet mignon or do I want to be the guy that fed people canned tuna and it's an easy answer I mean canned tuna wins every time that's what I'm supposed to be doing right we got a caller from Clinton Mississippi 
uh, Ferdinand is calling about uh, some of your European travels. Hello, Ferdinand. How are you? Hello. Hello, Robert. You know who I am, so I'm not going to comment on that. But um, I just wanted to comment that your trip back then has shed a light on, uh, especially in the Balkan areas. And right. you know, you know uh, that you stop where you stop, and the food you ate in uh, my native country. Yes, I I was gonna say that um, ever since the the tourism uh, in in the Balkans has uh, boomed ten thousand ten thousand fold, and uh, it, it has been uh, you know a, a great success. And uh, I would like to thank you and Jill and Harrison and your daughter as well uh, for for doing that trip uh, that shed a light on the Balkans. Uh, okay, Ferdinand, thank you so much. And and uh, for for the listeners out there, Ferdinand uh, was a chef at Tabella, our Italian restaurant in Hattiesburg, when I went on that long trip. And he said, "You've got to go." We were going to Greece. And he's from Albania, and he said, you have to go to Albania, and you meet my parents, and we did, and we, we had a wonderful meal with them, and uh, just had a great time, and uh, it, it, it rounded out the, we were going to take a ferry from Greece up to Venice, and instead, um, we went through Albania and ended up in Croatia, and it was just beautiful. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Ferdinand. Thank you so much, Ferdinand, for listening, for calling, and uh, for, for those kind words. Before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the Institute for Southern Storytelling at MC. Yeah, so Anthony Thaxton, who's a production partner of mine, he, he actually designed the book we're sitting here looking at, Mississippi Mornings, but our our TV show uh, that was on uh, uh, public broadcasting here in Mississippi, uh, uh, Palette to Palette, that I did with White Waters. Uh, Anthony filmed, directed, edited, you know, did all of that. He's truly the most talented guy I know. Uh, we produced a documentary on Walter Anderson through Mississippi Public Broadcasting here, it aired and then ended up airing nationwide, won a couple of regional Emmys at Mississippi College. Uh, Dr. Thompson at Mississippi College, who is a visionary over there doing great things at Mississippi College, uh, contacted us and said, you know, what? this is great. What are you guys doing? I said, well, I, actually, we're working on a, another documentary and book on your door wealthy right now. And he said, well, how can we be a part? And we said, well, we'd like to start something called the Institute for Southern Storytelling. That was March. Of, of this year. And by June, we were in the Gore Art, Arts Complex on the campus of Mississippi College with a screen and a building and a studio. I mean, he worked fast. And, and so we're, we have a lot of things going on, and we're, we're, we're going to tell some, some great stories about Mississippians and Southerners and um, through all, all disciplines. Thank you, Robert. Um, this was Merry Christmas for us. Huh. Absolutely. And for you, Malcolm, until we meet again, until we meet again. let's be thinking about resolutions for the new year Absolutely. for your kitchen and what you're going to be doing in food. That's right. We'll share them and put it out on Cooking and Coping, our Facebook page. And get some info. All right. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from folks like yourself, and we thank you. The show is produced by the talented Java Chapman. For all here, our co-host, Carol Palmer. For Robert St. John, myself, Malcolm White. Thank you so much. Please stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's program, Now You're Talking. 
followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And join us each Monday and each Sunday at 9 a.m. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.